everyone welcome to our podcast we are actually doing two back to back ones because from the first one emerged thoughts about the second one yes welcome back this has to be a record we took an excursion of exactly 25 minutes so here we go fresh with a new topic that kind of came off the tail end of our last one we thought we would explore conflict among those that are closest to us so usually family it can be uh between parents and their children it can be between siblings the other way around close friends what have you but usually the the people that are closest to us we tend to have very strong feelings strong attitudes and we also take things very personally when they are said or done to us so i we thought we would explore that what f- immediately comes to mind is my father and his five brothers i have yet to see six siblings that were so close uh, we didn't even know until much later that the oldest brother was actually my dad's half brother he his mother was different from theirs but my grandmother raised him like her own she the one lesson that she taught her sons was not to let anything come between them or anyone come between them and also to do their work with pride and self respect and as a result way into their 90s like you know my oldest uncle and my younger uncle are still alive my oldest uncle is a very feisty 97 year old with no health problems very sharp younger one is 87 both of them still have such a close relationship and growing up we saw that all the brothers were so united in the in their devotion to their mother and also the way they looked out for each other the brother who was the most wealthiest was number 4 out of 6 and he actually took care of everybody else never were never did we hear words like oh i did this for you i did that for you and they were always there for each other i mean there's a really cute picture of uh, one of the granddaughters getting married and the 87 year old holding the 90 year old's hand and bringing him down the stairs my mother used to say that her family was close they were also six siblings three boys three girls but never has she seen anything like that and that is really not any more the norm it's a, it's an exception it's a rarity yeah. it's a something that i didn't realize because to this day i'm so close to my cousins we don't refer to, to them as as cousins and whenever i land in india the whole world stops because i'm there everybody is like is there fighting with each other like whose house i'm going to go to first and my nephews and nieces and my cousins and their spouses there's just so much love showered on me my remaining uncle and i mean i don't have any uh, i just have one person from my mother's side of the family one aunt who's living from my dad's side there are two really but their extended family i mean to this day there is so much love and affection but i also see now a lot of strife amongst the younger generation among siblings who are there but don't even talk to each other they don't know what the other one is doing if there is conflict or the or the sibling needs any help the other siblings just wash their hands off saying like it's not my problem in my entire extended family i'm probably the only one who sticks her neck out and will go in between you know warring um, relatives and try to bring peace and i try to be very fair it is kind of funny because one of my uncles and my aunts like in their 80s were having some conflict and they were waiting for me to come and sort it out and i said i'm your daughter i'm not your mom but you know i still sorted it out with with fairness and i only received love from them you know so that is not the case now you made a very interesting comment just before we even started the podcast you said when there is conflict that is when all the issues emerge and they are unrelated to the topic that the conflict is about. Yeah, it could be conflict, but it could also be any type of hardship. I mean, you you just mentioned your father and the closeness that he shared with his siblings. But, you know, they did experience tragedy and hardship at a young age. 
And for some families, that actually draws them closer together. The bond gets stronger. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, the way all of the brothers supported and nurtured the mother and vice versa. I mean, she was a very strong matriarch, obviously, to be able to raise them the way that she did. It, it really did fortify their bonds. But sometimes tragedy, like losing a parent or both parents um, in the worst case scenario, can drive a wedge between siblings. They, they don't actually have the closeness the, the way that you just mentioned with your dad. I don't know if there's a reason that we can pinpoint. I mean, obviously there are things like inheritance and property and, and sort of financial things that can come in between people. Those kind of operate as a marker for respect or you know, lack thereof if somebody doesn't get money that they feel that they're owed or what have you. And it does drive an incredible wedge between siblings and between relatives who may have once been close. I would attribute my dad's closeness to his siblings to my grandmother. Mm -hmm. I feel that it's true that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Women in those days used to be pretty hands-on. You know, the man had to go out and earn a living. The woman was very close to her children. My grandmother, you know, never raised her voice at her sons, never smacked them around, but her, but her word was law. She inculcated really good things in them, and she made sure that they adhered to it. I remember an incident where my oldest uncle, the half-brother, uh, decided he, that he was not going to go to college. And my grandmother said to him, okay, fine, if you don't go to college, your other five brothers are not going to go to college because I don't want to hear that the stepmother let her oldest son languish and educated the other five. My uncle heard that and went on to become a physician and a brilliant one. So she was very clear and focused about how she wanted to raise her sons. You know, they never let their wives, they never let anybody else come between them. My grandmother's word was law. She was a very smart woman. She was illiterate, but she raised her sons really well. And I think in today's world, um, you know, our parents did the same thing by example. My father and my mother taught us about, you know, dignity, self-respect, always being generous and charitable and being grateful. I never saw them being jealous of anybody's success. They were actually very happy when they saw their nephews and nieces, their siblings do well. It was reciprocated because all the siblings, their families knew how genuinely my parents cared about my mom's family, my dad's family. It was not the case even within the family where there were jealousies and of there course. was envy. But I know that when there was difficulty, everybody came together. I didn't know any other world until I grew up and saw that my family to this day is an exception rather than the norm. And I've seen like brothers who have raised their sisters literally in their laps are now suing the sister to get even her share of the property. And money is a great divider in relationships. But I also feel that in today's world with so much being thrown at you, social media, a lot of stress, parents are not really giving the children the time they need to develop close relationships. We are all scattered all over the world. Like the way I grew up with my cousins as one big family, we would, you know, our summer vacations were divided into one month with uh, my mom's family and one month with my dad's family. So we remained very, very close to this day. Yeah. And that was very visible when I went to India this time in May. Uh, and my one of my aunts had passed away from my dad's side. She was the wife, the last living wife of you know, one of the brothers. And I met brothers and sisters that I had not relatives I had not met for 30 years. But it was literally like time had stopped still. We laughed over the same things. It was so wonderful to see each other. And I don't even see that amongst siblings. You know, the point that you made where when there is something that happens in the house, not just even tragedy, but when there's a conflict, a lot of the suppressed stuff 
comes into play. What has been my learning experience is that there have to be very clear boundaries of what you would allow and what you would not allow. And how you raise your children definitely reflects who they are as adults. Like somebody was saying that her son was yelling and screaming at her and her daughter was being rude. And I said, when in, when children are little and they throw a tantrum and we let them get away with it, then as adults, that's what they project. It's an innate part of their character. So what you allow continues. It's my favorite line. I always say that. What you allow continues. So don't blame a grown child then for their temper tantrums because that's the way they are. Then you just have to change your modus operandi. And it's only recently that I've created boundaries with my kids. I wasn't doing that, you know, because most of mostly I didn't have any conflict with them. But when I did have the conflict, I realized that they are my children. They are not my buddies. You know, we tend to become pally-pally with our kids. It's it's hard to create boundaries then. And in relationships, it's so important to, you know, you, we were talking about it, so important to pay attention to what those who are close to you are saying to you. For example, my children are way smarter and much better informed than I am. So don't negate your children's opinion as, oh, they don't know any better. Oh, that person is trying to brainwash you. Or, you know, you are not listening. I know better than you. No, we don't. You know, relationships are evolving. So sometimes your child may be harsh or somebody who loves you, a good friend. I really think that good children, good friends, good relatives are those who tell you the truth and show you the mirror. Most people will not do that. And those are the people who are not your real friends because they will just pander to you and tell you what you want to hear. Because who wants to get into anybody else's problems? We have enough of our own. But anybody who stands up to you and tells you, hey, listen, this is not right, then pay attention to it because they are tr truly your well-wishers. You know, Oprah Winfrey always talks about Gail King being her best friend because Gail tells her as it is. Oprah keeps her very close. She's smart enough to know that there's somebody here who's going to help her out when she's listening to people who are kissing her ass. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just to get back to what you said about uh, that thing that I mentioned about some inciting incident, it could be a calamity or something like that, that really brings all of these other resentments and issues to the surface. That that does happen, especially among siblings. There's a lot unspoken. And as you mentioned, not everybody has the grace to never be jealous or, you know, not have that resentment especially for those of us that are reticent and we don't speak out, we do hold a lot of that inside and it percolates over time. And every little thing that continues after that, that perpetuates that, it's like a needle and a twist of the knife, you know? And when an inciting incident does happen and an argument does take place, especially between siblings, what I've noticed is that it's almost like a legal proceeding where all the evidence of everything I've done for you gets put on the table and all the evidence of all the things you did against me also gets put on the table here's why i'm right and you're wrong and you know and we completely lose the thread completely. we completely lose the topic at length because so many other tributaries exactly. flow you know you're talking about a specific conflict and then suddenly 20 other things come into play and everybody kind of loses the script exactly uh, and i think that is what all of us have to address, you know, in my workshops and when I talk about healing, I, I discuss this, that self-introspect. Ultimately, whatever and however we react is stemming from all the stuff that we have suppressed, where we have felt like, you know, disrespected or not heard. And I see that really, really uh, frequently when it comes to arguments. Everybody's talking and nobody's listening. So, so. Yeah, that's really it. And, and you just hit the nail on the head, which is that there are a few things that are within our control, which is the way that we react and the way that we process, take a deep breath and try not to 
react, but think about what is actually being said to you and then respond after giving it a good consideration. Too often, I think we tend to snap at the tone in which something is being said to us or you know, we feel like someone is trying to play gamesmanship or up, you know, one-upsmanship or something like that, and our ego tends to come swinging back. But you know, there are things that are beyond our control. We cannot change the past, and not all of us can see the future. You're a little clairvoyant, so you could see a few things. But you know, there's a great quote by Abraham Lincoln that I always go back to. You know, and and you may not be able to predict the future, but you can create the future. You yeah. know, and that's that's something that he mentions and. Uh, I think about that every time. I think the two things that I want to reiterate, because it's truly one of my favorite podcasts where we talked about understand, don't judge, and practice the pause. I think when we react instantly to situations, they can get out of hand. Presumption and assumption are things that make us cynical and make us form a judgment that may or may not be true. And I think when there are heated discussions happening, um, at that time, if you practice the pause, and give some cool off time, you can see a lot through conflicts. And I think the ability to forgive and to apologize, it is something that is seriously lacking in today's world. People think that it's beneath their ego to apologize for something where they were as much a part of it. And I have said that in my life now, I've come to that point where uh, even if I'm right, if I've hurt somebody's feeling, I'm willing to apologize. If that person means anything to me. If that person doesn't mean anything to me, then even then, if I met that person, I would treat them cordially. But people who matter to you and that you want to keep close to your heart in families, I think it's very, very important to have your sense of humor, practice the pause, understand where, who is this person. If it's your child who, who has your welfare at heart, even if he or she is being rude, stop and think. And the same thing applies to children. Like if your parent is telling you, you know, something very, very clearly and you're not and not mincing the words, see where they're coming from. And it applies to friends. It applies to every relationship that you have. If it's worth keeping, make an effort to understand, not judge and practice the pause. Yeah, it's important to recognize that not everybody has the, the skills to soften their language when they're telling you something, you know, especially a hard truth about yourself. So again, when something is being said to you that kind of jerks you a little bit or kind of takes you aback or gets you on your heels a little bit the pause becomes so important because again if it feels like Mike Tyson is throwing you a left hook you're going to want to avoid it and you know it's a very different thing when something is being told to you that may be in not just your best interest but the best interest of the relationship and not everybody has the skills to approach a difficult conversation the right way and there are two things you know that I would like to point out which I point out all the time in my conversations one is that when you are meeting frogs and not princes what is it in your own energy that is attracting that kind of stuff so you know I, I normally ask you when I, there is somebody who's rubbing me the wrong way or somebody who I feel has taken advantage of me like I just what is wrong am I doing something wrong and if I really self-introspect which I've done in the past I've realized that I've had a hidden agenda where I have ignored the red flags and the second thing is that when somebody says something to you and it bothers you, that means there's an iota of truth in it. Yeah. Because if it didn't bother you, you would say, I don't care. Like, I know what I'm doing. That's it. Exactly. And, and really, when you care, it's those people that are closest to you. Since we're talking about conflict among those that are closest to us, whether it's family or friends, a lot of these people, especially family, they've seen us from the time we were immature little brats and, you know, we became you know, teenagers, negative, what have you, 
and then we become adults. So they've, some of them have seen us grow, especially if it's a mom, mother or father or a grandparent. Yeah. Your sibling too. They've grown up with you. And so Absolutely. you've shared a lot together. You've argued, you know, over a toy when you were kids and later on it becomes, you know, who gets the keys to the car and, you know, like so on and so forth. But how you sort through those arguments and those difficulties, even at a young age, really does ripple into your 20s and 30s and 40s. I think this mutual respect is very important because that's what siblings tend to do. They tend to take each other for granted. Yeah. And we forgive our friends more readily than we forgive our relatives or our spouses, you know, because we choose similar people to be friends with. And we can drop them at any time and they us because people do go out of our lives when the vibrations are no longer a match. But I always tell people that those who are the closest to you, your spouses, your lovers, your friends, your relatives, they are here to teach you certain lessons and you them. Because when you're not learning the lesson, conflicts continues, continue. And so the moment you learn that lesson, the conflict eases. So that's why I always you know, agree with you when you say practice the pause and try to understand. So what are the best ways, if I, if I were to ask you, to um, have those difficult conversations or to deal with people that are close to you where you know you you sense an argument coming up, up or difference of opinion what's the what are the ways that you've handled it in the past you know i've struggled with some conversations sure. it's not that it's going to be picture perfect all the time you are smart you don't allow people that close to you to have these arguments with them and you always walk away you practice the pause it's hard for me to practice the pause when it comes to people who are close to me and i see them falling into a well and I do realize that unsolicited advice is not welcome. And in this particular case that I talked about in my previous podcast with you about matrimonial apps, when my children found out about my close friend and relative being conned, red flags had come up, they said, mom, don't get involved. Please don't get involved in all this stuff because that person is a grown adult. Let them do whatever they want. But I couldn't just stand there and see them take a big fall. So yeah. I got involved. It's like watching somebody go into traffic, you know, and not pulling them back. It's yes. really but 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 what I appreciate about this person and their immediate family is that they gave me the respect. I'm an outsider. She could have mm -hmm. said, mind your own business. But they gave me that respect to listen to me. And because they, I've had a history of 38 years or so with them, I've known them since 1984, uh, that they know my character basically. But even then they said another relative is brainwashing you. And I said, do you think I'm the kind of person who can be brainwashed by anybody? You know, so um, sometimes people don't listen. There are times I'm very frustrated with close relatives and friends. Sometimes I'm very drained and exhausted. I get like really upset. It's, I'm just human. But 90% of the time, uh, I think I have definitely softened my language. But if I feel that the person is not getting it, then I get tough. And then it's up to them. You know, everybody that I've dealt with is a supposed adult. But wisdom doesn't always come with age. And as, you know, Master Stephen Coe, one of the master teachers in Pranic Healing, always says that he was taught that the age of the soul has nothing to do with the age of the body. That's why you may have a 70-year-old behaving very maturely. Or you will have a five-year-old five who's a very wise person who will say things to you. Then you're like, wow, this five-year-old kid is saying something that I never even thought of. So I try my best to, uh, you know, diffuse the situation and offer solutions. But there are times I failed. And so I keep on trying. And so must we all. But... I have learned to practice the pause a little bit more, especially like just now. And there was a very conflicted, heated conversation happening within a group. I said, guys, everybody cool off. Mm -hmm. 
let's just take a break i deactivated the group so that gives people and to you know kind of calm down otherwise the argument just continues it's a knee jerk reaction to everything yeah. because the art of listening is really a lost art if we listened carefully we would understand so much more and then becomes easy to forgive if we also try to understand and practice the pause then definitely we have more compassion when we try to see where is this person coming from why are they so wounded we've been there too so speaking of the pause i it's a nice transition because sometimes the pause doesn't just last for a few minutes or an hour or two hours sometimes it lasts years sometimes it lasts decades right we know people that have had such heated and inflated arguments or differences of opinion that they've cut so deeply that ties have been cut off as well and people do not speak until you know some other event maybe brings them together in an uncomfortable way or they're forced to somehow uh, reconcile but time is wasted you know time goes on and maybe people grow maybe they don't maybe their resentments continue to grow so how how do we deal with that when that happens you know uh again it all uh, you know comes down to discernment and the intelligence to understand whether it's our ego that is stopping us from talking to someone um and especially in close family relationships parents children i mean i've seen siblings not talk to each other for years i've seen parents not talk to their children what a waste of time um but i also feel that when it comes to something like this uh not having communication is a big deterrent to reconciliation take your time take a break for a few days if you want and then uh, you know respectfully when you convey whatever it is that you want to convey um i think the other person will hear you but at the end of the day people only hear what they want to hear and when they are ready so in in close relationships i've noticed that a catastrophic illness brought uh, two people together who had not talked to each other for 20 years um in another relationship the other person said they were shut down they were just getting overwhelmed by everybody bombarding them with you know what they should be doing with their life so they cut people off their immediate families off for over a year and then slowly realized that you know um people who really cared about them uh and learned to appreciate because in that one and a half year two years uh they um you know learned to live um and learned to survive on their own and i think their families also realized that they were not indispensable that unsolicited advice is not welcome uh, but i think as a result of everybody maturing there is a lot of mutual respect and gratitude um, but in other cases i think again the souls develop spiritual journeys are very much your own and you develop in different ways but i feel that in any of these uh, relationships with this deep conflict amongst close family members forgiveness plays a very big part and if you're not willing to forgive or be forgiven if you're not willing to apologize and not willing to forgive then it continues into the next lifetime because i do believe in reincarnation yeah a lot of that is also ego perhaps right it's a very fine line between ego and self respect yeah so um is there anything you wanted to raise apart from i i I'm the my biggest fantasy is that everybody gets along with everybody uh. you know and that's why I say my biggest fantasy <laughs> <laughs> but my hope is this that people learn to resolve conflicts people live peacefully coexist peacefully they can agree to disagree peacefully but if somebody genuinely cares about you and in your heart you know they do please listen to any uh, opinion or advice they will give uh because they have your welfare at heart it may or not always be in a polite way but go through that the language barrier um and try to see the actual worth of the words that are conveyed to you uh 
and don't self sabotage because what we think we become and what we think very deeply we manifest so take care of yourself and see where exactly are you in your journey in life because you are attracting what you are like attracts like very important and when uh, the years disappear when the decades disappear of course you know they're all, all we're left with is regret especially if somebody leaves or you know departs the uh, the earth and so it's a very expensive burden to carry nothing is more expensive than regret yeah. that's true um so on that note i think this is probably something we will again revisit but thanks for listening everyone and we'll be back <laughs>